On this episode of Punk Rock Business School, we're going to talk to Laura Rose, owner of Oh Baby's Gourmet Sandwich Shop in upstate New York. She's going to tell us how she started her first restaurant when she was 18 years old and how she's been successful. And she's also going to talk a little bit about some new side hustle she's working on. That's coming up. Hey everybody, Danny here. Welcome back to another episode of Punk Rock Business School. Thanks so so much for joining me for another episode. Super quick, if you haven't gone over to iTunes, given the show a review and a rating, much appreciated. Or if you happen to be watching on YouTube, I'd really appreciate if you would subscribe. The new YouTube thing's kind of new for the podcast, but I'm kind of enjoying it. A lot more work for me. Now I got to edit video as well as audio to put an episode together, but I'm kind of digging it. You guys know I love the YouTube world now and I'm I'm looking to uh, to jump in. A um, couple little updates and then we're going to get right into this episode with Laura. So this is a great one for any of you restaurateurs out there. Um, I've got some really great interviews coming up. I've been meeting all kinds of cool people to be on the show. So next week's episode will be the man, the myth, the legend, Timbo Reed from Small Business Big Marketing. We had an awesome chat, so really looking forward to that episode. I've got some other great ones coming up. It's interesting, you know, as I've been thinking about like the direction that this show is going to go, it, it's definitely starting to kind of find its way. And I think that what you know, the types of business owners that I really want to cater to, you know, I'm a brick and mortar business owner, but we have moved and pivoted to more of a digital or online world, even though we still have brick and mortar locations. And I think that the focus of this show and just a lot of the topics that I talk about are really going to be centered around traditional businesses that are now starting to utilize, um, you know, this online format, whether it's, you know, actually providing their business online or moving into course creation and, and kind of combining those worlds a little bit. I think in the past, you were either a brick and mortar business owner, um, really stuck in that world, or you were just full on, I'm an online marketing guy, I only do courses or affiliate marketing. And I think there's this great middle ground in between. And I think that for sure, way more, you know, traditional brick and mortar business owners, no matter what it is, need to look at these other avenues that you can go around, uh, go down when it comes to not only from a marketing standpoint online, I think pretty much everybody markets online nowadays, but just other revenue streams that you can potentially get by taking your business and figuring out a way to utilize courses and online, other online business streams. So we're going to continue down that road quite a bit. All right, that's it. Let's get into today's episode with Laura. Laura Rose from Oh Baby's Sandwich Shop. Welcome to uh, Punk Rock Business School. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, taking some time out. Uh, what part of the world are you uh, in? 
So I am located right smack dab in central New York um, in a little town called New Hartford. It's right next to Utica. Right on. Awesome. So um, tell us what O Babies is and uh, give us a little rundown. What, what, what's the story there? So O Babies is my little tiny sandwich shop in, <laughs> in New Hartford, New York. Um, we make specialty gourmet focaccia sandwiches. Everything is homemade, fresh every day. Um, I've been there for almost almost nine years now, actually coming up this October, it'll be nine years, which seems crazy to me, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's going pretty good. Knock on wood. It's been, it's been great. It's been fun. So how did you, uh, how did you end up owning a restaurant? I mean, you've been <laughs> doing it for nine years. Did you work in the restaurant industry or, you know? So uh, yeah, <laughs> um, my dad actually growing up, I, I grew up in the back of a kitchen. He owned a, a pizzeria and, um, from five years old on, I was in the back folding pizza boxes, kind of breaking everyone's chops back there. And I just, I just grew up in, in the food and beverage industry kind of right there. I, I started working there when I was way too young to be working, you know, like 12 years old. Um, it's usually and, the case family business. Yeah, for sure. That it's definitely like your textbook definition of the family business, you know? Um, but it was fun and I learned a lot. Um, I went to school for, I went to Pratt for, fine arts and design and graphics and all that good stuff. But um, I, I got sick, I got really sick actually um, with a brain tumor. And oh I had to medically withdraw to school and all that nasty crap, I had surgery. And right around that time, um, this little tiny building in my town came up for lease. And my dad's like, you guys, you and your sister should check that out. And we did, and a week later we we owned a sandwich shop. <laughs> I, um, wow. I bought her out a couple years after that, and it's been just me ever since. Amazing. So <laughs> you've had the restaurant almost nine years. Um, so how old were you when you when you put this together? You look very um, young. Started coming old. together at 18. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. amazing. So, uh, yeah, that's great. I One of the things that I always think back on, because when I went into you know, I'm like, I had my first foray in music. And when I kind of stepped away from that and went to work in a regular job, I was probably in my early twenties. And then I worked, you know, for a company all the way through till 40 years old. And looking back now, I, the thing I always think about is, man, I wish I would have started a business. You know, I was, I started my music school maybe a couple of years before I bailed out on the corporate world. Um, but you know, that was really the first foray I had into owning a business, you know, even though I, you know, I was gaining tons of experience working in big box retail and, and all that kind of stuff. I always look back and go, man, I wish I would have started my first business at 18 or 19 or 20. And I think that's an amazing thing for, I, we need more people to do that. You know, at that age, a, you're, you're usually not married with kids and a mortgage and stuff yet. So you can afford to fail maybe make a few Absolutely. mistakes. Absolutely, and that's exactly way. why I did it. I was like, I have nothing to lose right now. I'm an art student. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's a real testament, though, that you, you know, that was your first jump into it, and you've lasted this long and, and been really successful with it. Um, obviously, the restaurant industry is, you know, dealing with all kinds of, you know, it's probably the industry along with maybe the music and arts, you know, industry, the hardest hit things in the country. Um, yeah, for sure. How have you dealt with that? Have you made any kind of pivots in your business? What's been going on that way? I've got to say, um, 
so so our community is very tight knit here. It kind of reminds me of you know like our like our punk rock community. It's very small and tight knit, and everyone looks out for each other. So at the very beginning of this, about about a year ago, um, everybody was out shopping local every day, and mm -hmm. things were. I, I don't, I, I hate, I sound awful saying this, but they were great business-wise, you know? Um, we were booming every single day and we were making sure that we're, you know, our customers were safe, we're safe. We completely shut down our dining room. We have a pickup window and things like that, uh, mm. an outdoor area. So we were able to really put these things to use yeah. that we didn't use really before, you know, like who, before we're like oh we just have this window behind the counter that we open for a nice breeze in the summertime and here we are using this thing every single day yeah. as our main source to get people in the door that's why they're coming here because they feel safe for a contactless pickup and things like that so we increased our delivery business and stuff like that but it was wild at the very beginning and now you know um now we're starting to see the after effects of that. You know, people are, are running out of money and they're, they don't, they don't have work and they don't have income to come and give us their money either. So we're trying to figure out, okay, how can we help our community and also make sure that we can keep the lights on here and stay here. So we're, we're here after this is over with, you know, and it's been a challenge. Mm -hmm. How many employees do you have? I don't have very many. Um, at the at the start of the pandemic, I had sixteen, which for a small business, that's that's a lot. That's Good, a lot yeah. of people. Um, and now we're down to eight. We are literally half staff, uh, and that was not my doing. I did not let anybody go. <laughs> I, I, I want to state that. Um, but it's you know how things go, uh, especially in the yeah. restaurant business, and it's been tough. So that's also been an adjustment to you know dealing with an increase in in volume and less staff is huge uh it's a lot for me to take on a lot for my staff to take on so it um, it puts me right in the back you know i i find myself a couple days a week making sandwiches i was going to ask you were you able to benefit from any of the um ppp loans or anything like that yes actually um it was a huge can i swear on here it was a huge pain in the butt <laughs> um it was a really big pain honestly they made it hard but I did. I did qualify, Good. luckily. And um, it's before um, it, I'm like, I, I was like, I don't think I need this, you know, yeah. but looking back at it now at, this, at the <laughs> shape that we're in right now, it's like, okay, it's thank God that we have this, you know, um, yeah. things have been, it, we've been really riding the wave, honestly, like there's no other way to say that it's, we have great weeks and we have weeks that I'm like, I don't know what we're doing here, guys, you know, um, our hours every month, we're kind of, you know, we're changing them up every month, just kind of going with the flow of business. Whereas before it was, we were seven days a week open all the time, pretty much, you know, 12 hours a day. And now we're down to five days a week. We're down to 10 hour days or yeah. down to eight hour days and things like that. So we're really just kind of adjusting with things and it's to make sure that we can, we can stay where we are when this is all done and over with, you know? Yeah, that I mean, hopefully we're starting to get on the other side of things here soon. There's got to be a turning point. Um, you know, I made more of a sharp pivot in my business to be able to, you know, kind of come out of the uh, this on the other side in a better position. And so far, that's working out for us. But in a position like you're in, in a restaurant like that, you're already doing your takeout. I think a great point that you really touched on is, you know, it's one thing to be open, but there's got to be a customer base with the finances to be able to support your business. And I think 
that that's the next element. I, I'm not really sure as, um, you know, from an economy standpoint, from business owner standpoint, if we've seen that bottom yet. I mean, I'm hoping we've kind of seen that bottom and it starts to, over the course of the next few months and as we get into the summer, have a, a pretty good rebound. And, uh, you know, the good news and the, the positive side of all that is when that time comes, people are going to go crazy. They're going to go bonkers. They're going to be out like crazy. So your dining room and your patio is going to be packed. And it's going to be weird. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I talk to my staff all the time and uh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you can relate to, you know, everybody's just in this, get the hell away from me kind of stage. Yeah. And when I'm, we're I'm like that anyway, so it didn't really matter. Right. And you know, I always thought that I was too, but um, I just started recently realizing how much I love to like, like be near people, you know, uh, when, when you can't be. So it's going to be really weird reintroducing that back into our lives, sure, I guess. Sure. Um, we had the green in our county over the summer, actually, to open up our dining room again. And I, I waited. Um, I, and I'm always, you know, I don't care what the county says. It's about yeah. how I feel for the safety of my customers and for my staff, you know, so if, if I don't feel like that's a, a smart move to open up our dining room, I'm not going to do that, you know? Sure. So I did it. Um, we, we use our pickup window and we use our outdoor uh, patio area, you know, dine at your own risk. We clean it for you, but uh, we're not coming out here. You come get your food at the window and you don't touch us basically. Yeah. Um, you know, we have some high risk patients. My, my father's high risk. He watches my son for me. So um, it, it almost feels selfish to, to allow people in for profit if there's a risk of anything there. And I would rather have everybody be safe and come to my shop and have it be in smaller amounts than have mass amounts come in and have to have us shut down right. for God knows how long or to, to possibly know that maybe we, we got somebody sick or something like that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want you got to do the right thing for your people as well yeah. as your employees. And I've had a little bit of that. I've had, you know, a few teachers that just weren't, you know, that we're doing some, you know, the very limited amount of in-person that we do anymore. You know, I had, you've had a few teachers with a similar thing where it's a family member or something and they just don't feel comfortable. And we've been really, you know, I, I think you have to be accommodating to that. I mean, it's another stress factor on top of everything else for, for the business owner. To, Absolutely. You know, that's another element that's making it hard for you to do business the way you used to and make the type of profits that you used to make. But, you know, I think we're all um, we're we're all getting through it. Um, let's go. Tell me a little bit more about the restaurant and, you know, like what you specialize in as far as the food that you make. And, you know, I mean, you re the restaurant industry in general, I mean, you're already past kind of the. Uh, you know, the usual lifespan for, for restaurants. What, what's the secret sauce that's made it, uh, or maybe it is secret sauce on your sandwiches. Um, that's made you guys, that was like a total dad joke. That was great. I love dad Come jokes. On, dad. <laughs> and I'm not even a dad. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm just at that age, you know, it's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what are some of the things? That's a really big drink you're having there. I hope there's alcohol in that jug. There's not. It's actually just water because I'm, I'm boring. Um, this is Jug though. He's like yeah. he's like my, the mascot of my life, pretty much. Nice. <laughs> right on. But um, going back to what you said, I think that 
the, the secret sauce is honestly, you have to have a niche. Um, and that goes for, for any successful venture, you know, whether it be music or, or a restaurant or whatever you're doing business-wise, career-wise, you have to have a niche. You have to have, you have to give people a reason to want to come and check you out, to want to keep coming around, you know? So, um, backtracking, my father owned a very successful pizzeria growing up. Uh, it was this upside down pizza. It was something special that not a lot of places really had. And people came for that. So I'm like, I need a niche too. Now I do offer my dad's pizza at my restaurant, but that is not my niche. Um, I have these sandwiches. They are huge. They're bigger than my head. Um, they're called focaccia sandwiches. It's just a type of bread that we make everything on. They're homemade, round, fluffy, kind of panini type sandwiches. And um, that is our niche. We've got over 30 on the menu. We offer gluten-free. Everything that we have is local, fresh trucks every single day, never frozen. Um, really, and like I said, that is our niche, is, is, is fresh ingredients and something that people can't really get anywhere else. Cool. Right on. Yeah. What, um, you know... What are some of the marketing channels and what's worked for you as a restaurant owner? What hasn't worked for you? So I feel like I do things pretty old, old school. I, um, I'm 28. So, uh, I don't have a POS system in my shop. Like we do things the way my dad used to, you know, we handwrite stuff. Yeah. We talk to each other a lot. It's, it's like a big family in there. So um, I, but I don't, I don't utilize that. I don't have that same mentality when it comes to marketing. Um, we're very relevant on social media. I like to interact with our customers and things like that. And I, especially during the pandemic, um, I found that that has been key, you know, is to kind of make sure that they know that you're still there and they know that you still have fun options for them, that you can get them to them safely and things like that. So our Instagram has been really great for us, but um, it's, it's a weird thing trying to kind of market a restaurant like that during a time like this, you know, the, yeah. like what else can we do? <laughs> Yeah. I can't go do these events that we used to do in our area, you know, where all these restaurants can participate. I can't, I can't participate in the fundraisers and the charities and things like that, that normally get our name out there and stuff, because I like to be in my community like that. And I feel things like that do help attract people to your oh, restaurant absolutely. when they know that, you know, you care about your community. And I definitely do. Um, so not being able to do those things has been really tough. So been trying to kind of like you said pivot to other options and find different routes to to keep kind of people coming in the I don't want to say coming in the door coming to the window (laughs) gotcha coming to the drive-through um yeah you know when I I I kind of peruse through your Instagram and stuff and it it, it's it is really well done um and you know one of the things I wanted to ask you about you know obviously you know you're my people you're into the punk rock scene and we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the things that you're doing in that world. And it's an interesting thing because sometimes depending on the business that you're in, it can help you. It can hurt you, you know, to have, you know, some of your personality, your personal brand, you know, in what you do, how has, you know, who you are as a person, your musical tastes, you know, you, you, you know, you're not like a super conservative looking person how, <laughs> no. does, how does that work with like your customer base you know and the um honestly the, the average old lady comes in to buy a sandwich and how do they feel about it and so overall um I, I'm pretty well accepted in the community um 
overall, you know, that's, that's not to say that there isn't that, that old lady who comes in and she's like, sweetheart, what are you doing? Because it <laughs> happens. It does. It happens all the time. And, um, I, I do a bunch of things, you know, I'm, I'm avid in the punk scene. I model a little bit and that's no secret, especially in this small community. Yeah. So people knowing these things, um, I, I feel a lot of times it, it does bring people in the door. They're like, wow, she's under 30. She's driven. Let's see what she's doing here. Whether they want to come see if I'm failing or if I'm succeeding, they're coming, which is great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but it's fun mixing my passions kind of into things because I did pull myself out of art school at a young age and I wasn't able to kind of pursue what I thought I was going to do in life. My whole life is totally different because of O Babies and it's great. Um, I'm able to have the life that I have now because of this place. Yeah. Um, but I also want to be able to infuse, you know, that artistic side of me. I used to sell a lot of my artwork in the restaurant when I was, um, when I was still heavily painting and things like that. Our logo homeboy has a mohawk, you know, <laughs> I, I try to, I try to really, um, really make people know like this, this place is not your average run of the mill, little Italian sandwich shop. We have punch, uh, some of the sandwiches on our menu have crazy names, like the drunken unicorn and things like that. You know, it's fun. It's funky. It's goofy. Um, it's spicy. It's just like me. And I want, I want all of that to reflect yeah. me I'm from, from when you open the door and you look at the counter to the stuff on the menu, to the people giving you your food, you know, yeah. um, it's what you hear on the radio. Like we've, we've been blasting the dirty nails, new episode or new, uh, album all week long in there. And nobody says anything because yeah. what else do they expect? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that I, I, I talk to a lot of business owners about, uh, you know, from a marketing standpoint and I, a lot of the consulting or marketing consulting I did was, is with other music schools. And I would always ask people, the first thing I would always hit them with is, well, tell me what your brand identity is. And most people don't have kind of these terminologies or these, you know, these words to describe what they do, you know, or they can say, you know, in general, here's what I do. I provide this service or own a restaurant. But when I go, well, what's the brand identity? You know, who are you as a business? They really struggle. And you had a couple of key words there that I think, you know, and I would encourage people to go to your social media and check it out. And, and, you know, when you say spicy and, and punchy, I mean, when I think now of looking at your Instagram, that makes total sense, you know, and, and I think people watching this or, or even just, you know, people listening would equate that to your personality as well. Um, so I'm sure that that along with obviously making a really great quality product, um, have also really contributed to your success. I think like the worst thing you can do in business is just kind of be middle of the road. Absolutely. And the way that I look at things too, especially in my community, um, Utica is seeing this kind of like resurgence lately, especially like right before the pandemic hit. And I think that it's beautiful. Downtown has been booming again, like it kind of used to be, you know, um, with these small, small businesses with all these crazy, like I said, those fun little niches that you know, each place has something that, you know, they're going to be great for in the shop next door, you can go and get a dessert right after. And then the shop next door, you can go and pick out a candle for your aunt, you know, things like that. Yeah. These are I things that thought of something. Need. Is Utica where that crazy cult guy was? Is that Utica? Oh, what? I can't think of the guy's name now. I just watched this. Um, oh, it, I don't know. I'm really bad with stuff like this. I just watched, um, there's a documentary, uh, I think it's on HBO or Showtime. It's like a four-part series. I forget what it's called. 
And a lot of like actors and celebrities and stuff, as always, just like, <laughs> you know, got involved. And I'm, God, it's upstate New York for sure. Um, it might be. That's I'll have to look. <laughs> it, it really had like, but there was a lot of people that kind of brought a lot of money into the area and stuff. I'm going to look that up. I would, yeah, I would, we it might not seeing... be Utica because you would probably know it for sure because it was a I big story. Yeah. You're going to have to let me know now. I did. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, not that you're, you know, not busy enough running a restaurant, which, you know, anybody who's worked in the restaurant industry or known somebody who's been in the restaurant industry, it's a ton of time. And uh, it's 24 seven. My phone yeah. is constantly, constantly ringing 11 o'clock at night. Hey, do you want me to leave the heat on? You know, just. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but apparently that wasn't enough for you. And you have these <laughs> other ad adventures that you're involved in. Tell us a little bit about, you know, Riot Squad and Punksylvania and what that stuff's all about. Yeah, those are my babies. Um, <laughs> Punksylvania started about a year ago. Uh, it was three of us, kind of just a dream. You know, we, we wanted to, we had all gone to um, Camp Anarchy in 2019. Yep. And, you know, we, we made lifelong friends there and wanted to make sure that we could still hang out. And when another one wasn't announced, we had joked around about having our own and literally overnight, it snowballed into like a bunch of people wanting to hang out with us. So we're like, okay, well, you know, if, if, if this is going to be a thing, let's, let's find a legit venue and let's go about this the right way. And we started to do that. And um, COVID came and kind of put that to a halt, but we're like, we, you know, we, uh, we've, we've kind of like put our feet in the mud here. So what do we do? Let's make some prints now. Um, so we started up a podcast and all that fun stuff. Um, but Terry and I felt it was time to kind of take it to the next level almost. Not that we felt Punksylvania was inclusive, but we wanted to make sure, you know, people knew it wasn't just punks in Pennsylvania. It's punks everywhere. We, we love all punk from all over the place, all kinds of it. And we want to make sure, and it's not even just punk. We love all creativity really. And we want to be able to showcase that and to help people with that. So that's how Riot Squad started back in middle of November. And it's been awesome. It's been, it's been a fun ride. Tell us, a, tell me a little bit more because I've I've seen you doing some things, but um, give us a little bit more rundown. So, what exactly is Riot Squad? What are you doing? What's the plan? Well, right now during the pandemic, we we don't have too too much we can really do since we don't have live music and live events to really push and to help our artists with. But um, you know, we've been helping artists build build websites, build up some EPKs and stuff for when shows can happen again. And we do plan on helping them with show promotion, booking, and all that stuff too. But in the meantime, we're, we're kind of still pushing out content because it's what we love to do and it's what we would be doing at shows. Um, we started a YouTube channel. We have these really fun little segments. Um, we have a Sunday spin where every Sunday we kind of take, you know, 15, 20 minutes and we break down what we're, what we're listening to over the week. Um, we have a segment where we feature a bunch of cool covers and things like that. We have our podcast. We talk to all sorts of different artists and people in the community. Um, it's been great. It's been awesome getting to know everybody and i can't wait till we can actually do this you know face to face yeah yeah no pun intended that was a dad joke <laughs> <laughs> that's all right that one just it that happens non-stop with everybody it's like impossible to, to <laughs> avoid that one well yeah i look forward to seeing more i've been uh, staying on top of some of the youtube videos and things like that that you guys oh, have been cool. doing Thank and, you. And it's it's really cool love to see um the ambition and like you said you have a lot of drive and I can relate to that. I'm always doing something, you know, it's like, 
whether I'm working on my music school business or I'm doing the podcast, you know, coaching, playing in a band. Laura, thanks so much for your time and uh, yeah, thanks being, for having on, me. being on the show. Um, tell us where if people want to check out first off the restaurant, even if they're not in the area, you know, again, when things open up and people are traveling, it'll be a good little stop if somebody's coming yeah. down. So tell them, tell us where we can find you there, all your social media stuff, and then also where to find Riot Squad. And Okay, so old babies, you can find us at 4126 Oneida Street in New Hartford, but most of you probably aren't in the area. So just go right to our Instagram, our Facebook, and our website. It's obabies315.com. You can find our full menu, all of our specials, where we're located, all that good stuff. You can contact us if you need to. Um, for Riot Squad, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's Riot Squad Media. You can email us at riotsquadmedia at gmail.com. We have a website where you can see a full list of all of the services and really cool things that we are offering to artists and people in need. It's riotsquadmedia.com. You can go follow us on Facebook and Instagram and all the platforms at Riot Squad Media as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Thank you.